Able to Save presents The Assumptions, a Slay Industries actual play podcast. Previously on The Assumptions... The squad arrived at Water Treatment Works 118.2 in Lower Downtown. Unable to get the attention of the staff, the team make short work of the plant's chain-link fence and make their way inside. The four plant workers, John, Meg, Adam and Gutierrez, are suitably unnerved by the operatives and cooperate in their investigations. Bob starts analysing what little data is available, whilst Bovel tries to make friends with Adam, who responds as most people might respond to an advanced Carrion's overtures of friendship. Whilst he's busy changing his overalls, McTavish and Bovel are shown around the plant by Meg, who appears to be a fanatical fan of the Hello Piggy brand. There appears to be four vats, each of which is looked after by one of the employees. However, one of the team, a chap called Wooly, appears to have been absent from work for the last ten days or so. As a result, nobody has checked on his vat in the last fortnight, during which time there was a spike in impurities. McTavish and Bovril can't make head nor tail of the data, so they decide to leave the analysis in the capable hands of Bob, whilst they head off to check out what happened to Wooly. Following good uh, good uh, role playing protocol, the party proceeds to split up. Got more ground that way. <laughs> split up and look for clues. Bob and Bovril, you uh, head out past the ruined chain link fence and start plodging through the streets of downtown. You can hear in the distance. You can hear occasionally the reports of gunfire. You can hear screams. You can hear the standard sounds of lower downtown Watsey. Bovril's going to be chatting incessantly to McTavish. The, the starting point of the conversation is the fact that he asked Adam to put another lock on the door, and he's clearly not done that. And it's another aspect of how remiss this particular group have been that anyone could walk in there now, and Bovril's quite annoyed by that. Yeah, you know, I mean, they are pretty rubbish at their jobs, really, but I think, you know, since maybe since you broke it, maybe you should repair it. Well, I handed the job over to who I assumed was a competent repairman. He assured me that in the stores he had another padlock. And there he is, not doing his job, and just inviting someone else to come in and rob the place. You see you see what you did there? You made an assumption. I mean, I mean see, I knew you'd get it. That was really funny. If Bob wasn't wearing his, if Bob wasn't wearing his helmet, he would probably be face bombing at this moment. Have you seen my Fen zero nine one fire jacket? And Bob will start going into in depth technical detail about his other handgun. As the camera watches you walking down the road towards Woolly C. Crouston's uh, apartment, we shall fade back to Bob as he pours over all of this this content. So uh, you you're basically there with Gutierrez. Meg's wandered off. He's left showing you through his files, which appear to be not in order, not at all in order, but at least there. You're not going with your friends, then? Oh, divide and conquer. That, that big fella's a bit weird. Uh, you get used to him, he's all right. 
I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's lovely. I didn't mean any offence. None taken. Whenever I've seen carrying down here, they're, they're generally not carrying a slave badge. You know what I mean? So it's a bit of a shock. I mean, poor Adam. I mean, kind of hoping he's got a spare set of overalls because if he hasn't, doing his shifts and his pants is not going to be the ideal way. It's not very sanitary either, if you know what I mean. So. Nah, I can empathise with that. Uh, so, so what, 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 what do you want to look at? Well, let's have a look at uh, sick notes computer terminal. It's over this way and he starts heading out. Um, I'm assuming you just get up and follow. Yep. And he leads you deep into the complex and, you know, as you do go past one of the other complexes, it says, oh, that's Meg's workstation over there and he keeps going at him and, and John look after the other side and uh, yeah, he gets to, eventually you get to, to, to uh, Woolies terminal. You know, there's, a, there's an overflowing ashtray full of coffin cigarettes and, uh, you know, there's a stone cold cup of coffee that possibly on his way to be taking to something sent him sitting on the desk uh, and this glorious glorious green screen terminal sit down after wiping the seat crack my knuckles and get to get to work on the computer see if there's anything in there that uh, gives sheds an, uh, shed some light on this give me a difficulty 10 computer check though, please oh hello <laughs> with almost neo-like skill you slice through the huge amount of protection and passwords that are on this thing and you start pulling up streams and reams of data this this computer is dancing to your tune can't really do it to be fair but it is it is yours to do as you wish so you start going through some of the things you start pulling up the details on this event which happened a couple of weeks ago do you have education natural i've not got a rank in it but i have got a stat bonus next to it uh-huh so can i roll it even though i've got no rank in it you can but it's gonna be it's gonna be quite hard uh, keep everything the same we'll go with dc 10 for now so target number 10 yeah, no no modifiers just go for it you've only got one dice so ah, there you so, go as you say you, you can pull up the same graph uh shows definitely shows some form of contamination happening about two weeks ago the only thing you kind of notice with your computer skill is kind of peaks and then there's another little peak and then it starts falling off okay so that might imply that there were two events rather than one mm. okay uh, zoom in on the second one and see if i can get more of an idea of what that well vaguely what even happened it's just it seems to be the same like an increase in volume of the same stuff so all the chemical makeup seems to be the same, not that you can really tell what that is, but it, it's all got the same letters and numbers on it. So, so yeah, it definitely looks like maybe topped up. Mm, so some, something's definitely been added. Somehow. Uh, does it give an idea, presumably uh, we've got, well, I'll ask the foreman. Um, have you got a process flow somewhere here that we can then identify where this has been added? Or uh, so these, these, this station will only monitor this tank, so you know, if, if it's picking up uh, anything on this tank, it's in this tank. Oh, so, so it, it, I mean, it is here then. Yeah, and I mean, it shows you that there's loads of pipes leading in and loads of pipes leading out, but they're all kind of sealed. It's kind of a self-contained, self-monitored unit, so... Okay, uh, do a quick tour around it then and see if something's got in here, there must be some way for it to have got in there. Mm-hmm. So have a look at the uh, the hatches, the plates, any ports, etc. Basically, see if there's any way that stuff could where it could have got in. The only 
place you can that's obvious is probably the inspection hatch. There's some filters at, at both at points at entrance and exit. So again, filters can have to be replaced. So that's technically a, a, a possibility. In the reports, does it state when the filters were replaced? No. Oh you have to go back a long way. Okay, so it's basically, it's been a while back. They haven't been changed recently. Correct. Okay, Occam's razor, it's the inspection hatch. So have a look up there. Are there any cameras that look down on that area? <laughs> it's so funny, this camera light. Um, okay, so, <clears throat> the, so first of all, to get to the inspection hatch, that's a lot, a, a big ladder. Okay, so if you think of these things are about the size, and if you have seen the kind of massive gas cylinders that are in the UK, where they're mm-hmm. these huge, like hundred meter across cylinders, um, so you have to kind of go up a, a, a some steps, go onto a lot, a kind of landing, and then up some more steps, onto a landing, onto more steps, and yeah, then yeah. there's a ladder that goes up to the roof and where the inspection hatch is. It's quite a long way up, but you're not afraid of heights, are you? I'm afraid of some stuff, but not heights. Not heights. That's lucky. That's very lucky. <laughs> so you you climb up and, and get to the hatch. Um, when you get to the hatch, uh, it's you know it's, a, it's an inspection hatch. There's a kind of wheel on it to open it, and it's got the hinges appear to be a little rusted, but in relatively good order, I guess. But so does it does it show signs of either being tampered with or broken into? Pretty sure it's been open. The hinges kind of look at them and you can see some clean metal on there. Mm-hmm. So it probably says they've been opened. There's a few rust flakes that are down by the the, hinge, the back of the hinge and stuff. So. so it's not like an animal's got in here or anything. It's like there is definitely normal human intelligence. There's some clever animals out there. So, you know, slave, slave version of a raccoon could probably do it, which is a terrifying concept. Oh, um, open it up and have a look just to make sure there's nothing lingering in there. So you pull this wheel round and there's a big screech of metal as you open this, this hatch. It's quite heavy. You pull it open and it slams onto the, onto the roof. The smell hits you. That's the first thing. It uh, literally recoil, keep your breakfast in. And then you kind of have a look and you look down and you get your flashlight out and kind of shine it in. And you can see this big metal blade kind of constantly rotating of whatever this kind of liquid semi it's not effluent yeah not pleasant at all can you give me a detect again target number 10 let's leave it all at 10 for now let's see how the game rolls just the standards there's nothing down there apart from that big blade pretty much you, you can give me another detect roll with a difficulty of seven though there's something more than a blade down there well, it's not. It's actually it's on on the kind of notice that there's a, a symbol on on the door because it was heavy. You kind of didn't really pay a lot of attention, and it looks like an eye. Does that have any meaning or significance at all? Lore cults, perhaps. Yeah, there's lore cult. That'll do. I've got zero ranking it again, but I'll try it. Target number ten. Go with eight. I know something. You do indeed. It looks very similar to some of the information given back at many about the Xi'an cults. Oh boy. So these these are a, a bunch of people determined to tear down slave industries. So terrorists. Is one way of looking at it. Presumably we've got some kind of camera or kind of photographic equipment with us. Does that come as standard or is that something no. I would have had to specify? Yeah, Bobrel's got one. Can Although I would say is it's not going anywhere. It is on the side of a door. So... <laughs> I mean, you Bars. can't take the door. It weighs about half a ton, so... Yeah, uh, just sod's law. It won't be there when I get back. I'll close it up, mm-hmm. having made a note, uh, note of it. Okay, so someone's been throwing stuff in here. 
and left their calling card, which seems a little bit, hmm. a little bit suspect. I'll go back to the foreman's office then and wait there until the other two get back, unless there's, unless I can wander around and just have a general look to see if this symbol pops up anywhere else. You go back down and the foreman's there, kind of waiting for you, and he's like. On anything? Nah, nothing really. Doesn't look as though it's been broken into. Doesn't look as though it's been tampered with. Something, I suppose. If we've got time waiting for the others to get back, do you want to give me a quick tour around the place, just in general, to see if we're... Yeah, yeah, sure. People may have, people may have broken in if there's any signs around the fences or anything like that. Yeah, sure, I can't, can, yeah, let's, let's do that. And he, he, he just started, he, he just starts inanely chattering at you. Uh, did you see the game the other night? He's just... You know, making conversation. Make small talk and keep my eyes out. So, you guys, you have eventually made it to the apartment building where Willie is. As the camera kind of comes back to us, it's probably from Bovril's point of view, it's to be, and the five round clip isn't even seen as a disadvantage just because of the sheer stopping power of the rounds. McTavish at this point has uh, taken a dose of mine, mum, and it's just completely <laughs> like ignoring him. <laughs> You're at this uh, this set of flats, basically apartments. You just kind of look up and you can see that with the entrance and these concrete steps like coming back on each other, going up the floors to this pretty shitty-looking complex of, of, of apartments. You know, the places, the stairwell is covered in graffiti. There's a lift shaft and the lift has a big out-of-order sign on it and one of the doors is pulled askew and bottom of the stairwell reeks of urine and... and probably some other stuff that isn't even human maybe and I guess you trudge upstairs and eventually get to the floor walk down the, the outside of the of the building the, the landing area and all the doors out past what is your detect will make it a nice seven there we go both oh, nailed it nailed it okay so both as you're walking down you notice that all, almost every door you pass has a small animal skull do I know what this signifies? Nope. Not, Not even an idea. Well, do you have an idea? <laughs> so yeah, Bovra also, it's not. It's certainly not something you've ever come across apart from on the foreman's door and now on and all these doors. Do I know what the small animal is given that I used to eat small animals? <laughs> if, you, if, you can give me a, if you can give me an education natural check, then probably. Okay, okay. Could I make a low sector check? Because that's where I grew up. Is that better, is it? Yeah, it could be. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Gonna make me miss this. Was it difficulty? Go for 10. Not necessarily something you would have not maybe come across. No. No. It's it's not. It doesn't. It's Your first thought was it was probably rodent, but it's not. It's definitely not because it's got canines and appears to be larger and wider than a, than a sort of rat or a rodent. McTavish, I have eaten a lot of rats in my time, and this is not one of them. That is a very great observation. I don't know what these things are, but why they're nailing on the door is a little tacky, if you ask me. Yeah. Do you remember your standard breaching protocol that we learned at many? I know what my standard breaching protocol is. <laughs> I think we might have to use that. Something is telling me this. As I said, not every door has a skull on it, but quite a few. Does Willie's door have a skull on it? No, it doesn't. No answer. Bovril takes out his notebook and writes down one door, puts it back into his pocket and looks at McTavish. I think you should use your breaching protocol. You guys do notice there's a few kind of heads looking out of other doors. How sturdy does this door look? Pretty sturdy. It's going to take a good kick. 
Power Claymore. It's a, it's a good thing he's wearing power armor. <laughs> uh, he will try and kick the door down. Uh, you can give me a strength check. Orville's no, also going to unsling his uh, pusher and basically cover McTavish. What's the target number? Uh, we'll go there. Yep. Yeah. You put a boot into this door and it smashes open at the first attempt. And as you look in, you see this dark hallway leading off into the apartment. And as you look in, you can see that the already cramped living quarters have been rendered even more claustrophobic. The place is absolutely stuffed to the gunnels with junk, haphazardly arranged through the room, stacked many layers tall, all precariously leaning and stuff. It was clear that Woolley was obviously some form of hoarder. The air here is rife with the stink of dried sink traps, the heavy reek of distant sewage backups and ozone exhalations of poorly maintained electrical equipment. The junk, sometimes stacked to the ceiling, sometimes not, offers plentiful places of concealment and every blind corner silently promises danger. Bovril has got a shoulder-mounted lamp thing. I'm going to sort of activate it. Okay. And can I roll detect if I cast this around the room? Uh, you can indeed. What's my difficulty? Uh, just go for 10, please. Oh, so close. So you could spend two luck points. I'm going to spend two luck points. Oh, I've only got two luck points. No, I'm or not you could spend one luck point and re-roll the success dice. Or just not worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. Okay, fine. Yeah, as I said, this place is... is to say it's like a winding labyrinth of crap is, is a, a little bit grandiose, it's, it, but there's there's stuff everywhere and you can smell, as I said, all the dried sink trap. If you can give me a detect check, particularly uh, you, Bovril, because I understand Karens have exceptionally heightened senses of smell. Oh, for fuck's sake. But not this time. Um, so, He's bloody uh, useless. Yeah, so you sweep through and you start, you can move into the kind of claustrophobic environment that is this guy's apartment. You can hear and see some kind of lighting from, and, and you can hear like Gorzone and uh, on on in the room. So there is a, this, there's a TV making noise, but that's unsurprising because TVs in Mort Central don't have offices. Is there any indication which room it is? Uh, you can kind of see some of the lights playing on the wall from from one of the doors further in and to the right. Borville kind of hefts up his submachine gun and makes some hand gestures to McTavish that he saw on a TV show once. Okay. Yeah, McTavish pulls out his claymore and um, kind of moves up front, okay. takes point. You enter into this place and make your way down the hallway. Event, you know, as you as you go in, the, the sound of the TV gets louder. It's definitely coming from that room on your right. You can see underneath the door flickering light. McTavish, I would let you take point and boot the door in. Well, I was thinking that maybe you should practice your breaching protocol because I'm kind of an expert uh, and you're clearly new to it. So if you want to take a chance and uh, work your way through that and practice that. Okay, Borrow is going to boot the door in. Um, it's a much, much smaller door, uh, much lighter. It's an interior door, so you can give me a strength check if you want. Okay. Yeah, smash. This thing comes off its hinges, flies into the thing, and the, the light from the TV floods into the hallway. Ian, what's in front of you appears to be a, a run-down um, sort of lounge seating area. There's a there's a couch and a, and a chair. There's a TV in the opposite wall from where you are, kind of you're looking at this TV, and you can see with his back to you, there's a chair with a, with a, and a guy in the chair. As the door flies off its hinges, uh, Borrows me yell out, Slay Industries, on your feet, Wooly. He does not react. I look at McTavish like, I think he's dead. Hey, Willie, are you dead? Yeah, he's pretty dead. I'm going to go round one side of the couch and yeah. take a look. And Does he look and smell dead? Okay, yeah, as you walk around and, and look, yeah, 
he's been dead a while. In fact, it's almost like he's been dead too long before what you've kind of heard about the fact that he was here and he was in work a couple of weeks ago. He's almost, almost desiccated. I'm going to make my rudimentary forensics assessment of the scene. Mm-hmm. Though it did, difficulty 10. Oh, yeah, oddly enough, Bottle has no idea of this. <laughs> He's definitely dead, McTavish. He looks. I, I wouldn't eat that. Okay, and with some taste on that, that's. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, you, I I'm not an animal. Look at that. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't serve that up to your worst enemy. C- can we get um, Matt on the headset communicators? Are we too far away? You can get him on the yeah, you can get him. Bob. Yeah, you get this message. You, you, you're, you're out. You've got your feet up on the desk, uh, enjoying a, a pretty shitty soy calf uh, beverage, um, and looking through reports when this this comes in. Yep. Hello there. Yeah, we've found Wooly. He's mm-hmm. dead. He's in a very, very bad way. McTavish, um, as Bob is giving this report to Bob. Um, the dead man turns his head to look at you. <laughs> what the fuck? His mouth opens and keeps open. Insectoid legs poke out of his mouth. And this creature starts dragging itself out of his face. It looks like some kind of spider. You've been listening to The Assumptions, our Slay Industries actual play podcast. This is a mini-series that we've added as part of the main Roll to Save lineup. We hope you enjoyed it, and that you will join us for our next episode. Thanks again to Jason for running the game, and of course to Steve for voicing McTavish, and Matt for voicing Bob. If you want to hear more from Matt, you can find him on the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter at SavePodcast, or you can email us at roll.2.save.pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Roll to Save. We're a monthly podcast about the history of old school RPGs. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, remember, guns kill, but so does the truth.